The proliferation of arms has contributed to the violence, deaths and displacement of populations across several communities in Nigeria. In May 2021, President Muhammad Buhari approved the establishment of a National Center for the Control of Small Arms and Light Weapons. It is domiciled in the Office of the National Security Advisor. The center is to serve as the institutional mechanism for policy guidance, research and monitoring of all aspects of small arms and light weapons. I am Mariam Mustafa. Welcome to another episode of the Crisis Room podcast. My colleague Murtala Abdullahi is with me today. Each week, we look at security trends across Nigeria and answer the tough questions around them. Thank you, Miriam. We will be talking about where and how terror and criminal groups sell their small and light weapons. Nigeria is confronted with diverse urban and rural security challenges, which are worsened by the presence of um, fabricated and factory-produced weapons with origins from domestic and smuggling sources. That's accurate. We covered arms displayed by security forces, although shown in media material for armed goods, gives a glimpse into the diversity of these arms and the scale of the problem across the conflict areas in the country. In the Northwest, the violence and kidnapping for ransom are perpetrated by herders affiliated armed gangs on motorcycles carrying mostly AK assault rifles, rocket propelled grenades, and general purpose machine guns. The nature and caliber of firearms available to these groups are visible during some of the dialogue sessions coordinated by the Kaduna based cleric. For example, a wide range of arms appeared in pictures from Shinkafi meeting with the notorious Kachala Tuji, known to operate around Sokoto, Katina, and Zafara. In the meeting, several fighters were holding different types of arms while Tuji held a distant-looking rifle known as the Velmet M62, a Finnish assault rifle modeled after the AK-47. How do such weapons end up in the hands of terror groups causing havoc and terrorizing people? The answer to the question isn't linear. The rifle is not common in Nigeria and the most likely source is Libya, where it has a history and has appeared after the NATO-backed revolution of 2011 and the fall of Muhammad Gaddafi. Another rifle with Libyan links is the AK-103 that has frequently appeared in images of firearms seized by security forces in the northwest. Nigerian security forces have also intercepted transnational smugglers carrying arms and munitions in the region. Neighboring Nigeria, is a corridor for the smuggling of contrabands and arms. The country shares borders with Libya and Algeria in the north, Benin and Nigeria to the south, Burkina Faso in the southeast, Mali in the west, and Chad in the east. It appears armed groups in the region mostly get their weapons through the porous border and transnational syndicates. Technically, that's the situation. However, they also acquire arms and ammunition from domestic stockpiles. In 2019, an unusual discovery was made as a kidnapping group was caught with AK-5 rifles, Dane guns and a compact version of the Tower 21 assault rifle popular among intelligence agencies and some selected military units. Domestic stockpiles have also contributed to the bloody insurgency in the Northeast that has led to thousands of deaths and displaced over 2 million people. These stockpiles are looted after attacks and ambushes and they make up a disturbing proportion of the weapons, even the gun trucks and the armored fighting vehicles used by insurgents. 
This method of acquiring weapons makes the composition in the region different and the group more lethal. These weapons range from general purpose machine guns, assault rifles, grenades, recoilless gun, guard rocket, rocket propelled grenades, heavy machine guns, also known as anti aircraft guns. In terms of fabricated or craft produced weapons, they include rifle style guns, din guns, shotguns, and pistols. Although crude rockets have also been used in the northeast by Boko Haram. A small arms survey report found that local craft produced firearms are purchased to protect and defend communities alongside their ease of access and low price, which are up to four times cheaper than their industrial produced versions. It seems addressing arms proliferation requires multidimensional and multinational efforts to curb movement of weapons, prevent the looting and the loss of state stockpiles, better regulation of blacksmiths to stop the fabrication of offensive arms not meant for ceremonial or hunting purposes. That's right, Mariam. Why stronger regulations and response are essential to arrest the problem, it's important to fix the underlying stressors, including insufficient policing, social tensions, and prolonged conflict. As such, policies need to go hand-in-hand hand with improving security in communities, trust and security forces, initiatives to encourage handover of arms, and to deter the growth of vigilante groups, as well as the economic drivers of criminality and insecurity. Furthermore, it's important to avoid a situation of excess arms. There's a need for transparent documentation and destruction of captured, surrendered, and recovered firearms. This is an episode of Human Angle Crisis Room. Thank you for listening. I am Maria Mustafa. Join in next week for another episode. Members of our production team are Abatoko, Anita Eboigbe, and Osatu Edupai. The executive producer is Ahmed Salkida.